eat. No, I'm going to continue on the series of being fruitful uh, that we've started this year. And I've titled today's message, Fruitful in Mind. It's a really, really important message this morning. Because a healthy mind, uh, a healthy mind spiritually is the best soil to produce fruit in every part of your life. So you might think, well, if we've got a healthy mind spiritually, then I'll be spiritually fruitful. But I believe and I'm convinced that when we have a healthy mind spiritually, it will affect every other part of our life and make us productive people. It'll help us in our work. It'll help us in our relationships. It'll help us with business. It'll help us with our uh, friendships and relationships. Uh, when we have that uh, foundation right spiritually, I am convinced that it will affect every other part of our world for good. So I want to start with a story, a Jesus story in Luke chapter 5. So if you have your Bibles uh, or you're taking notes, get that scripture down. Luke 5 verse 4 to 6. It said, when Jesus had finished speaking, he said to Simon, now go out where it is deeper. Who's heard this story before? I've, I've heard this many, many times. He said, go out to where it's deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. Master Simon replied, we worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. And this time their nets were so full of fish, they began to tear. So in this story, I just want to just divert a bit from my notes. But the first thing I, I saw when I read this again is uh, the, the, the second paragraph there. Simon says to, to, to Jesus, Master, we worked hard all last night. Now, what I want us to, to start to get into our thinking uh, from today is sometimes it's not about how hard you work as to how successful you're going to be. Because you could be, you could be slaving away, plowing away, um, uh, building away, digging away, doing all sorts of things, just doing the best that you can and you turn around and think, but I don't feel satisfied, I don't see any fruit, I don't see any lasting um, goodness in my life, but I've been trying so hard. So we've got to get that as a foundation this morning. Trying hard doesn't always equal fruitfulness in your life. Because Peter, or Simon, it says there, but it was Simon Peter, it, he said, but we worked hard all last night. And he said, but it was, there was no fruit, there was no fish. So in this story, Peter went from fruitlessness to fruitful. If he used the analogy of fruit, he said a fish. Is that all right? He had his, in his fisherman mind, he said to Jesus, it's no use. And sometimes in our, in our uh, natural mind, when we're looking at life, we're looking at the things that affect us, and we can say to Jesus, it's no use. So I'm not going to pray. Why should I seek God for a word? Why should I, why, why should I um, bother anymore? Because I've tried my best. But he, he does what Jesus said. There's a key in that. What do you, I, can everyone else hear that? So everyone come up here because I can't hear it. So everyone get behind me. I'm fine. All right. It says that when he let the nets down again, they were so full of fish that the nets began to tear. Now, I can remember being in a, a class 
And the lecturer was teaching about pathways in our brain. Here we're going to get really, really spooky today. But in that lesson, I learned a tiny bit about how the brain works. Now, there's a few doctors here today, so hopefully they can verify this. If, if you're a certain tradesman, these, these things don't work. But I, I, I remember in, in this lesson, I learned a, a, just a little bit about how the brain works. The, the basic concept was that our brain gets used to using certain pathways or they're, they're like gateways for any given situation that we've learnt to open up and our thoughts travel along those paths. So hopefully I don't lose anyone on the way. But they're called neural pathways. I'll look to the doctors, is this correct? They've got never heard of this before. <laughs> then come to church and learn. I've got another doctor on this side. Have you ever heard of this? Yeah, sort of, yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is called quack dockery. They call it this. <laughs> Google doctor. Calls it a neural pathway. So what it, what it talks about is we have well-used pathways of thought and then action that come from our thinking according to a rehearsed plan. So if, if, we, if we feel rejection, then we'll have a pathway in our thinking that says, oh, they just rejected you. Maybe they, you know, it could be a, 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 a thing that they didn't, you know, whoever didn't really uh, mean to hurt your feelings or reject you, but you, you, you've felt that thought, oh, they didn't say hello to me, so now I feel rejection, so therefore, doctors, my neural pathway says, oh, retreat, they don't, you know, uh, hide, uh, run away, get angry at them, all these kind of things, because they are pathways of thought that we have, ha that have been uh, developed in our way of thinking and sometimes we, we think, well, I don't like the outcome of where I end up when I, when I behave like this, but I really don't know how to change. And that, that's what we're here for this morning, to see how we can change that. So I've just not had it verified, but science calls these neural pathways that wasn't verified by two doctors. So sorry about that, everybody. But they affect our habits. They affect our relationships and just about everything we do in life. Now, in cases of brain injury, we won't look to the doctors, everyone look to the front. <laughs> neural pathways can be used and, and we can create new pathways to repair or to bring back mobility in parts of our body that have been lost by a, an injury or a disease or something like that. So um, we can retrain our brains to... Um, to be able to use our, our body and function because uh, uh, another way has been blocked or broken. So it works like this. When something negative happens, I, I gave it a brief just before, but when something negative happens to you, the brain responds in a certain way. Uh, you might cry, you might, you might get mad, you might retreat according to your known neural pathway response. So you'll think, well, uh, you know, we, we all know people who... Um, would have an angry response. So you think, well, I don't know how to tell them because they're going to get angry. They're going to blow their stack. So, so that's because they've got a pathway that says whenever there's, a, whenever there's a challenge, I'll just blow up. 
Uh, you might think, well, I don't want to hurt their feelings because last time I spoke to them about something or other, then they just, they just withdrew and they didn't talk to me for three months and, the, and, and, and that sort of stuff because that's a, a pathway or a way of b- behaving because of the way they've been conditioned in their mind to behave. They're known neural pathway responses. So on another case, someone uh, might, might praise you and you feel really good inside. That's another response of your neural pathways. And you've trained yourself in that. You know, there's a, I mean, again, this is untested and unproven scientifically, but there's, there's, there's a lot of people talk about uh, endorphins. Who's heard of endorphins? The doctors, do they believe in endorphins? <laughs> They're like, don't ask us. Let's pick on doctor's day. Well, they say things like dark chocolate releases endorphins. Red wine releases endorphins. You know what? I'm just thinking, I want to I get, I want to get, when the endorphin gets out, I want to close the box, break it so I can't get back in. So just it's out all the time. Who wants that? Just let the endorphins out and let them stay out. I think Pauline's got the endorphins out all the time. They're just like... <laughs> it's just air releases the endorphins. Or maybe it's hanging around me. So we've got to understand that God put these things into our, into our brains, into our makeup. They're there from God, and he, go, he, he knows how they work, and we can use this to our advantage and grow fruitful and prosperous, prosperous by training our thinking the right way, and we can have a fruitful mind. And I believe it's, um, it's good that we um, aim towards having a fruitful mind and, and fruitful thoughts so in this uh, that story we saw earlier peter was using his negative neural pathway to talk to jesus and so do we saying things but i tried i tried to give up and it didn't work i've been to counseling i had a business plan and so on and we can talk to god but but you know we find ourselves in a negative situation and we think but my my mind will tell me well you did you did all you could there was no fish, give up. You know, God can't even help you. We need to challenge that neural pathway that our natural mind tells us and start to say, Jesus, I want you to come in and help me in this situation. Proverbs 15 verse 15 says, For the despondent every day brings trouble, but for the happy heart, life is a continual feast. So here is the wrong way and the right way in one verse. The right way is to have a happy heart or a a happy mind, the way you think. The despondent every day brings trouble. And by the way, if you're feeling despondent, get on uh, Bottom Gear uh, uh, on Facebook there and have a look at that. That is awesome stuff by Roscoe and Derek. Good videos there. I think you should enter the uh, Tickle Auto Sprint guys with one of them cars of yours. That'll be awesome. So the despondent. That means discouraged, downcast, uh, living with your neural pathway set to the lowest level. And when you live like that, life is always seeing negative, always seeing trouble in every situation. It's not that the world is against you. Rather, the way you respond to everything puts you at odds with everything and with everyone. So the, the despondent thinks in a way that whenever something happens, they find a way to interpret negative. Even if it's good, they'll find a way to interpret negative. 
But a happy heart, the person who has trained their thoughts on good fruit, it says life is a feast. I don't know about you, but I, I, I would rather lean to the feast. I'm going to the feast side, not the negative side. I don't want to be despondent of heart, despondent of thinking, but I want to say, God, I'm believing for a feast of a life. Now, you might be thinking right now, because you, you could be listening to me thinking, but, you know, my neural pathway is already working, saying, well, I don't think that's going to happen, because that's exactly what Peter said. Because Jesus said, let your nets down. He's going, no, it's not going to happen. Nothing's going to be different. Now, when we start to let that pathway speak louder than what Jesus says, we will see that we don't get any fruit. But a happy heart, the person who has trained their thoughts on good fruit, life is a feast. You know, you need to understand there is an opportunity in every problem. There is an opportunity in every problem. I want to speak prophetically to people here this morning, right now, that are facing problems that let Jesus turn that problem into a feast in your life. You might be thinking, well, I don't know how that's going to happen. That's Jesus' problem. But you just need to turn to him with faith and trust in him that whatever your problem is, you're not going to make that a despondent thing in your life that becomes set, but you've got to allow the Holy Spirit to take those things that you think are, uh, are going to sink you and make it a feast in your life. Renewing your mind. We talk a lot about that in, in, in church. But renewing your mind and taking every thought captive. Unhealthy thought paths can be trained out by deliberate action. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5. It's biblical. It says, We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Now there are things that we can do to retrain ourselves out of negative thought, uh, out of negative thought paths um, because they affect our lives and, and we've got to uh, find ways to promote us into a fruitful place. We can do that by, by training our thinking patterns. It's, it's not... Um, it's, it's not you know, a crazy idea. Hebrews 5 verse 14 and 12 verse 11 talks about training ourselves to distinguish between good and evil. So something we, we can do. And when we discipline ourselves, we produce a harvest of good things. So th there are things that we can do and ought to do to retrain our thinking out of the negative pathways that then we find ourselves walking and living down a path that we think, well, I'm not even happy here, but sometimes we don't know how to exit ourselves from that. So I want to give you four useful ways to train new thought paths spiritually. So number one is identify the thought habit you want to change. So that is going to be different for every single person here. But you need to identify those habits in your life that are thought patterns that when uh, any given situation comes at you, you're going to automatically go down a, a pathway of thought. And, and to bring that practically, I know that, that when I would uh, speak to people and say, hey, love to catch up with you and have a coffee, some people automatically start having the cogs going around in their mind. 
What does he want to see me for? What have I done? Uh, uh, what, 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 you know, what's going on? I must have done something wrong. Who's been, who's been talking? Who's been talking to him about me? So we've got to identify the thought habit that you want to change. Or it could be just a, 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 a life habit that we have that we want to change. We're thinking, I'm sick of this. I don't like doing this. I keep going back to it, but I don't want that anymore. So we need to assess what the thought habit is, is doing to you and its fruit. So you need to assess that in your life. What does this thought habit bring into my life? Is it good for me or is it bad for me? Um, the third one is shift your focus off the thought habit and onto new ones. Now we see in those scriptures uh, from 2 Corinthians, it says, uh, we demolish arguments and every pretension, uh, pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. So we've got to bring God into our thought life. There is merit and value in our own deliberate action dealing with our thought paths and retraining our neural pathway. But when we have Jesus in our life, we have another more useful way. And that's point number four. We've got to get in touch with God. The best way to train new thought path is get in touch with God. Build your relationship with Jesus. See, unhealthy thought paths can be changed by the Holy Spirit working in us. There are things that we can do and they're limited. Those, those three or four key, those three other keys, I think, get, um, they get extinguished, superseded, um, and can also become unnecessary totally when we get in touch with God. When we say, Jesus, I want you in every part of my life. I want you in my thought life. I want to wash my thinking with your word. I want to wash my thinking with the Holy Spirit. And we start to go to a whole new way of dealing with everything with that, with that spotlight of God's word into our living. hope that's making sense to people this morning. We've got to get in touch with God. Another useful way to train new thought paths, and I don't want to offend anybody this morning, I'm not looking at anyone, I'll close my eyes and turn around, is if, if you are mixing the Word of God, thinking, well, well I, I, want, I want a little bit of God in my life, but you are, but you are abusing things in your life, um, and, and that is anything at all. Don't even, you know, there'll be people here this morning, when I said abuse things, it'll go straight to you, and you go, oh, he's, he's talking to me. Now, if you're abusing anything in any area in your life that you know isn't right, then you'll find it incredibly difficult to change the pathways of thought in your mind. You'll never be able to change your spiritual until you start to divorce yourself from controlling things in your physical. So if you're thinking, I, I, can't, I can't function without, I can't do without, I need this, then, then you're actually closing a pathway for the Spirit to move. And you need to say, well, I, I, I want Jesus to be the, the, the prime factor in my, in my spiritual life. And when you start to close off some of those things, as hard as it may be. And so that might mean that you need to, you need to struggle against some things in your life. It's not, not like I can tell you, not everything is going to work with a, with a prayer and a push at the altar call. Some things you're going to have to say, I need to, I need to deal with this because I can pray and I can push you. Not that we don't actually do that. But, but I can pray for you 
and ask God to deal with certain areas in your life. But if you go straight back out into and, and, and grow to that thing, go to that substance and, and keep inviting that back, then, then that is going to have a louder voice in your pathway and your decisions will be clouded. Your, your, your life will always be a little bit uh, confused. You'll always have a, an uncertainty. Well, I don't know. Uh, what, what's God's will? Where should I be? Should I, should I have this or should I have that? Um, uh, you know, and, and you're not going to be living in a continual feast. You'll be living in continual confusion. And God wants to lift the fog off our life. God wants us to be secure, confident, bold in the things of the Spirit so that we can, we can be the light of the world that needs to know Jesus. So patterns of behavior are fault lines. They can become our go-to response, our default setting, even when we don't like the outcome. But it's like we can't change. Willpower can't change everything. It can change some things, but it can't change everything. And that's where we need to have, we need to have a combination of our will coming into line with God's will and then saying, Holy Spirit, you do the rest. Because as we saw in that, that first scripture today, Peter used his will. He used his power. He said, we fished all night. We got nothing. Nothing changes around here, Jesus. This is hopeless, pointless, and useless. And you might be looking at parts of your life and thinking this exactly the same. But when Jesus comes in and says, I'm going to challenge your pathway. I'm going to challenge your thinking. Don't say, it isn't going to work. Don't be like Peter. You say, Jesus, I'll try one more time. I'm going to do it your way. The problem is we think, Jesus, come into my life, but, you, but Jesus, you do it my way. And then you come for counselling and you come for, 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 for ministry and you're thinking, well, Jesus isn't listening to me. Prayer doesn't work. Prayer works when you start to say, Jesus, I want to I wanna hear what you want me to do. I want to hear where you want me to be. I want to be obedient to throw the net when you tell me to throw the net. Romans 12.2. And this, this is another will, a will verse about our will. It says, do not conform to the pattern of this world. Who has to do that? That is you. That's something you do. Don't conform to the pattern of the world. You know, one of the biggest traps the people of Israel faced when they left Egypt is, is first of all, they had Egypt in their heart. They carried that for 40 years in the wilderness. It still wasn't completely gone. God entered them into the promised land. And then they, then they entered into the promised land instead of saying, Jesus, God, we want to follow your purpose and plan for our nation. Then they started to adopt the, the principles and the, the ways of every other nation and every other God that was already in the land that God was moving out. So do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. If you talk to a doctor, he'll say you need to change your neural pathways. Some doctors, quacky doctors, all the really good doctors who are here, they wouldn't say that to you. <laughs> who doc what doctor's never going to come to church ever again? Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. So having a fruitful mind means that the fog's gone. 
It means that confusion doesn't have to live there. It means that direction can be set. It means that purpose can be made. It means that um, uh, productivity can happen all around you and in you and through you. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 15 and 17. It says, He, which is Jesus, died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they'll live for Christ who died and was raised for them. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. And that brings us past willpower, past our, our energy and effort into what God does in our life. And that is to, he wants, we think, oh, that's a one event where we may accept Christ. The one event, well, that was amazing. I asked Jesus into my life. It's not an event. It's a process of life where the Holy Spirit comes in and challenges you every day. Anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person and we need to keep renewing that person. You need to keep renewing that inner person. You need to keep believing for change, developing your personal life and, and encouraging the outworking of the Holy Spirit in you so that you have a, a, a freshness and a newness in you all the time. So when we get Jesus into our thought pattern, we don't just change the neural path, we get a whole new brain set. Who would love a whole new brain set? So those neural pathways, they were described to me in that, that lecture like, like gateways. So that when, when a stimulus comes into your life, a good or bad, the, the gateways go click, 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 and, and, you start, and you, your thought patterns will kick in. So, so we, need to, we need to ask God to be renewing our mindset all the time. I know this because so many people tell of how they viewed life before knowing Jesus. And now they've they got Jesus in their life and they see everything differently. They had, they had a, a mindset about, about money. They had a mindset about marriage. They have a mindset uh, about um, business. They have a mindset about so many different things. And when Jesus has come into their life and when they've surrendered them, themselves to Jesus, they say that the way they look at everything changed. And that can sometimes be gradual, sometimes... Things can be dramatic and change quickly, but the mindset changes when we have Jesus in the mix because their minds have been set on a new path that only Jesus can set. And I want to invite you today to consider your mindset and what Jesus wants to do with you. Psalm 136 verse 23 It says, he remembered us in our weakness. I'm going to put in a little bit there. He remembered us in our mindset. His faithful love endures forever. So today, it doesn't matter anymore what we were or how prone we've been to follow our fault line responses. You might think, well, I feel like that Simon Peter who fished all night, threw out the net, caught nothing, threw out the net, caught nothing. That's, that's training him to think, well, you'll always be a loser. You know, it doesn't matter how, try, how hard you try, things will never be different for you. 
Those, those kind of mindsets were being set in Peter's life right there. So it doesn't matter anymore what we, what we were or how prone we've been to follow our fault line response. Jesus wants to meet with you and make a way through your next challenge and it will be a different way. It will be a different way. And what I'm going to ask of you this morning is when life challenges you, when you have circumstances uh, come at you, now they can be good or they can be bad. But what I want to allow for God to do this morning in our, in our hearts and in our minds is to say, Jesus, I want to respond in a pathway that brings glory to you. I want to respond in a pathway that is going to be fruitful for my future, that is going to be seeds that are going to bring fruit into areas of my life that I thought I would never see change in. So I'm going to challenge you that Jesus has a way through your next challenge. And it is going to be a different way. You might think, well, I saw how my, my family responded in these situations. I've seen how others have responded. I've just followed their example. You know what? You need to say, Jesus, I want to have a whole new example set. And he'll show you of himself if, you'll, if you do your part. There's a combination. We need to, we need to do the things I, I showed earlier and we need to let God do what we can't do. Combination of both. So some fault line responses can be forever changed. I'm going to give you some, and I know these are going to set people free this morning. I want people to, to respond to this this morning. So when I'm finished, we can stand together and the music can uh, lead us in some songs. But I want to pray for people this morning because some of these things in some people's lives will never change without a specific target hitting that thing and challenging its thought patterns in your life. Some of those are never completing. It's a fault response that Jesus wants to change in people today. It's like some people never complete. Start lots of things. Start courses. Start start ministry. Start a job. Uh, start all over the place, but never get to the place of completing. It's a neural response. As we saw earlier, identify it. Let God into that. Ecclesiastes 7.8 says, Finish, finishing is better than starting. And we need to, we, some of us need to finally get to the place where we finish something. And we can start a pattern that can start from childhood where we, where we never finished the game. We never finished the puzzle. We never finished school. We never finished the job. We never finished in lots of other areas of our life, but we need to learn the power of completion. And for someone here today, you might have to say, you know what? I've left all these things. I've, I thought, well, the resistance came, so I just walked away. And every time resistance comes, I'm going to walk away. You've got to say, next time I'm faced with something and resistance comes, I'm going to stare it in the face and I'm going to ask Jesus to help me walk through that. Don't live in a constant state of never completing. Another one is dishonesty or stealing. We could use the word cheating. It becomes a pathway where we think, well, I'll find my way through. I'll just 
I'll did all the books. I'll, I'll, I'll take a little bit from the till. I'll, I'll cheat the system. It's, it's basically being dishonest. Ephesians 4 verse 28 says stop, uh, uh, says, stop all that and work hard instead. So we can have, we can have pathways of, of behavior that we thought, well, it's, that, that's an easy way out. A little bit short here and there, so I'll, I'll cheat the system. But we, we, need, to, we need to find a, 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 a way through those things where we're saying, God, I'm going to trust you now. I'm not going to try and scheme and scam my way out of it. Uh, another, another one is emotional manipulation. That's a neural response when things don't go our way. We emotionally manipulate. We sulk. Uh, we have the silent treatment or we shout. They're emotional responses to, to when we didn't get things how we want it. Uh, another one, another fault line is distance where we put distance between us and others. Maybe it's by hurt, maybe it's from rejection, uh, um, unfulfilled expectations, um, letdowns that we, that we go through. And so we, we, we put distance, and not only that, we put up a wall that keeps others out of our life. So we say, well, you know, I'm okay with everybody. I, I'm, you know, people know who I am, but no one's ever going to get really too close. I'm never going to invite anyone into my personal space. And, and some of the, the practical ways we, we do that very masterfully is we say, oh, I'll never, never really um, eat with anybody. I never ask anyone to my home. And you know something? The, the, one of the powerful things in the, in the New Testament was the way the church grew and, and got people in a healthy state was it says they met together day by day, met in homes. They ate together, they shared communion together, and they encouraged one another. They confessed their sins one to another. I tell you what, you got you got to be, you know, you got to be really confident to be able to share your sins to everybody. And maybe it's not wise in every context, but but you need to you need to have uh, those in your life who you trust enough that can protect you and 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 help you to grow in that element of your life. But don't distance yourself from those who have the key to help you become fruitful. You know, I, I hate that part of life. You know, I've got mentors in my life and every time that I see them, I'm like, mm. I, I thought you were going to tell me how good I am by now. But they're always, they're always saying, you know, Rob, you know, that, no, that's not what we're looking at right now. We need to look at this bit. Hmm. But you know what? I, I, don't, I, I don't love that, but I know I need it. I don't, I don't think, hey, you know, I'm going to go and see, see some of these men in my life, guys like Josh Brett, Pastor Nick Reske, um, uh, Warren McMartin. You, you know some of these guys have been here to preach. And, and when I go to see them, they're, they're saying, Rob, you know what, you need to deal with this or that. I'm like, don't, don't tell me. I don't want to know. But, you know, little by little, I take on what they say and I adjust things. And then I can say, hey, you know what, I've got fruit in my life where that was just sand. And I like, I like that fruit rather than the sand that was there. But we, we need to let people in who, have, who are going to help us, develop us, and uh, um, we've got to let the walls down so that things can change. Why don't we stand to our feet this morning? <clears throat> because some people here, you've been feeling like Peter. You've put the effort in. You've put in a lot of effort. But you feel like you haven't caught a thing or basically nothing's changed. You don't... You don't feel satisfied. You don't see fruit. This isn't about effort. As I started out speaking this morning, 
This isn't about our effort. It's about positioning yourself when Jesus gives you the call. And you need to say, Jesus, when you call, I'm going to be positioned. I'm going to be ready. I'm going to throw out a net. I'm going to be, I'm going to be ready to obey what you say to me. And then you'll live with miracles. Then you'll live in the continual feast. And that's where Jesus wants you to be. You'll find yourself positioned perfectly every time. You've got to give yourself an edge in life and ask God to give you a fruitful mind. So this morning, if you just close your eyes where you are, there'll be things that I touched on this morning and I, I haven't talked to anybody here and tried to find out what your little issue is, but Jesus knows. Perhaps as I've been speaking, the Holy Spirit's been bringing things to your attention, identifying some of these thought patterns that you need to change of, of negativity, maybe of anger, um, of, of many of these different things. So I don't want to embarrass people here this morning and I don't want to uh, miss the opportunity either. But I know if you need to respond to God in the, in the uh, um, uh, security of your own space right there, no one else looking around, if you think I need to let Jesus into th some thought parts of my life, why don't you just raise your hand right now? I'll see it and I'll pray with you. Thank you. There's hands going up. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to pray for you right now, whatever that thing might be. Dear Heavenly Father, I just pray today for every person here whose hands are raised, who are looking to you this morning for a mind change, for a mindset change. Lord, I thank you that your word is true, that you are, you are able to change every circumstance and every situation. And Lord, I pray for those hands that are raised where, where they're thinking, I, I can't see my problem ever being any different. I pray that today when they walk out of church, their problem will be the, 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 the thing that has positioned them for a feast. So Lord, I just pray today that you begin to create new pathways of thinking in our mind, that you create new ways of, of dealing with living in our mind. Lord, I just pray that by your spirit, you may cause us to have a spiritual mind that over uh, that 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 over um, compensates for our natural mind that is leading us to being unfruitful to unwise but lord i pray that the people here today will start walking and start entering into a fruitfulness they've never known before having wisdom they've never known was there before and I just speak that over their lives today, over every hand that was raised today. And I ask that in the amazing, awesome, powerful name of Jesus Christ. And we all agreed and said, Amen.